0: The Short Game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm Reagan Kelly, and I'm joined this week by two very dadly co-hosts. <laughs> Nate Heininger and Shane Kelly. Yeah, this is the Oops All Dads edition of the short game, and that's particularly relevant because we are talking this week about Super Mario Bowser's Fury for the Nintendo Switch, uh, which is a game that I think all of us have played with our kids, at least to some degree. Or at the very least, a series that we mostly play. We've all played yeah. with our kids, um, so that's going to be a factor. But we're not exclusively talking about the dad angle on this, even though there is one. If we, I was going to talk say Bowser Junior.
1: <laughs> the story is yeah. also, you know, the dadning continues. Yes, we are rescuing Nintendo's biggest baddest dad. Hey, before we get too far, uh, thank you all for bearing with me, uh, Shane and Reagan, and then our listeners. My voice has been shot for a couple days, and we've postponed recording multiple times uh, to try to make it work for me. So thank you both. Uh, I am going to be sipping on my hot tea all episode. Hopefully I can get my way through it. We'll see.
0: So the reason that we're talking about this game in particular is, I mean, it, it did come out, I believe, earlier this year. I have to double check that. It might have been late 2020. Um, something like that. But this game came out as a part of the double pack with the Switch remaster slash re-release of Super Mario 3D World, the Wii U Super Mario game. Um, And so I initially didn't really think of this as its own thing. All of the marketing was like, and this new Bowser's Fury mode. And I had already played uh, Super Mario 3D World. I don't think I ever actually finished it, but I had it on the Wii U back in those days. And I wasn't particularly jazzed about like buying it again or anything like that. It wasn't something I was like really thinking hard about. Um, But eventually I started to see people referencing this as uh, I, I just saw some people say like, this is the shortest mainline Mario game. Uh, or at least the shortest modern one you know the shortest one assuming you're not doing like level skips in mario 3 or something like that and i was pretty intrigued by that uh and you know it, i i did some looking and like oh yeah actually this Bowser's fury thing is its own entirely separate mainline mario game uh that is about three to six hours uh and that was very intriguing to me like the mario games are not uh super long but they're not super short either. Uh, and this seems like a kind of an interesting uh, interesting new direction for the Mario series and definitely a, like a unique game in that series. So I, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about it from our short game perspective. Yeah. That's and
1: uh, the Mario franchise is maybe my favorite franchise. And so any excuse to play one for the show, fantastic. Uh, Nintendo put out more short games. Uh, I love it. So Shane, I know you have probably played more of this Mario game, (laughs)
0: especially if we include the 3D World version or portion of that package, um, than any of us. (laughs) So Shane, you want to tell us a little bit about uh, this double pack and specifically about uh, Bowser's Fury? Well, this double pack with Super Mario 3D World is a, first off, it's it's a really great a choice if you have, like I do, a young son who's very interested in the idea of playing video games. Uh, I think I, this has come up before on the podcast, but I've played now probably three or four times end-to-end uh, Super Mario 3D World, mostly with my son playing as player two. He's only four years old. A lot of levels, I have to literally pick him up and carry him through and then throw <laughs> him onto the flagpole. Uh, but he loves that, and it does add okay. a fun extra level of challenge uh, to the game to, to just be to have Mario literally carrying Luigi through the entire thing. By the way, also, I, I will I will warn uh, parents who think you might re- repeat this. Um, my my son is now thinks Luigi is the hero. And that is why he is always Luigi. And so in games that are normal Mario games, if he cannot choose to play as Luigi, he feels like, um, well, where's Luigi? And that's fair. Anyway, this is definitely a game I've spent a lot of time with. The The interesting thing about 3D World and Bowser's Fury, though, is um, in some ways, Bowser's Fury is just sort of this... So, you should know 3D World originally came from the Wii U, which is why I never played it, because I didn't have one. Um, when they brought it to the Switch, they kind of developed this whole extra game. And the, the way they seem to have done it is basically by putting every single art asset in Super Mario uh, 3D World into some kind of low-effort Super Mario 3D World cat cosplay and uh, literally slapping ears on anything, on every single thing. Uh, But that is
1: great. It it is a great piece of theming. That is the best idea. They reuse every enemy. They know what people like, and people like cats. People like cats, people like Mario. What if we just combine it, and people are going to like it? And you know what? It's true. I bought this for the Wii U and played it, and I loved it. Uh, I love Cat Mario. Easy equation.
0: Yeah, Cat Mario is easily the best addition to like the sort of canon of Mario power-ups ever. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, yes. I mean like I you know, I I like Tanuki Mario just fine. I like the like um, the, the like the cape is good, whatever. But like Cat Mario, like on, in terms of just like straight up cuteness, like Mario is cute, right? Mario's a cute little fat little dude and he's 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 cute in and of himself. But like my gosh, he gains just absolute t- metric tons of additional charm when he puts on a little cat suit. Yeah, and he, like, runs around like in his little cat feet, or you can make him crouch and he does a little like cat butt wiggle, or he can like climb up walls and then he loses his loses his uh, his grip and kind of claw slides down. Oh the wall. god, like, no! That's the worst uh, part like-
1: of Cat Mario. Do you, I get like <laughs> the? It's like fingernails in a chalkboard every time he runs out of energy climbing something and just scrapes all the way down it i hate it uh but yes cat mario is awesome and it was to that point though is such a uh it's a really smart addition of to to mario's move set in a 3d space giving him a a uh, uh power up that allows him to climb walls It's really cool and adds a whole new level of uh, you know platforming to the game that the previous 3D Mario's didn't have.
0: So in case it's not clear, like Cat Mario as a power up was in the original Super Mario 3D World. Um, Cat Mario is sort of like the the like signature power up edition in that game. Um, It's great in that game, by the way, like I, uh, we're not really talking about it primarily here, but like super Mario 3d world is one of my favorite Mario's. Um, It has the, uh, it has the like old school Mario structure of like, here is a bunch of levels and you have to play through them from beginning to end. And they might have multiple exits and, and so on, but it's also very modern. So it it takes that same structure, but it is 3d. It's just, it's, it's sort of like, like it's more than 2.5D, uh, but it it also feels a little. It's like very linear 3D levels. They are still sort of essentially left to right, but there's there's lots of space to run around within that sort of 3D structure. The thing that I really liked about it is that it follows the traditional Mario structure of kind of world world map. Uh, you know, eight big worlds that are a collection of levels. There's a castle at the end of each one of those. Uh, that's a really easy structure to understand. It feels like it makes it really feel like a Mario game to have the traditional structure of a Mario game. And, um, at least for my son, like that structure was understandable. And the fact that he's not having to control a camera means he can actually play it, uh, because adding camera controls to most games is a big hurdle for new players. So, uh, big, big fan of that aspect That's of a good 3d point. world. I will pass along my son's, I think very incisive, Uh, critique of Cat Mario, because we're so positive on Cat Mario. My son told me that he thinks you should lose the cat power-up when you go in the water. (laughs) You know what? That's fair. 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 And also... I agree uh, with him. That's pretty smart, kiddo. Yeah. That's pretty smart. Um, So... uh, Th- Super Mario 3D World is a great game. Uh, one more point I wanted to make just while before we move completely off of 3D World and on to talking about Bowser's Fury, which is what we spent most of our time in for this episode, um, is that it, it that Bowser's Fury doesn't so much do this, but Super Mario 3D World is a up to four player uh, multiplayer game. Uh, there's a lot of Mario games that do this, but I think this is one of the only ones in the sort of like mainline Mario series of like big, you know big budget full, full fat Mario games where you can <laughs> play with like four simultaneous players. And it handles that in a way that I think is like really, really good. Um, You know, you, you Shane mentioned being able to like pick up players. So if you have like players of different varying uh, like skill levels, uh, players can help each other out by carrying each other. They can kind of grief each other by jumping on each other's heads. Um, They're uh, it's pretty uh, smart about how it handles lives uh, between the characters. You can pick them up and throw them out of the level. That is very funny when it happens. Uh, And you can play as Peach, uh, which doesn't happen in in a a ton of Mario games. And I always appreciate being able to play as Peach. And uh, Cat Peach is also super, super adorable.
1: All of the uh, the newer side-scrolling Mario's, you can do that too. Like new Super Mario Brothers and new mm-hmm. Super Mario, new Super Mario Brothers Wii U, which I love both of those games. And uh, one of my favorite, just like gaming memories of all time is uh, whenever New Super Mario Brothers Wii came out. I had a whole bunch of roommates, and we played through the entirety of New Super Mario Brothers Wii. With four players across like a three day span, all four of us, it was. Ridiculous. It was mayhem because the, the super smart thing that they do with these games too is that the Marios don't clip through each other. Marios, the characters don't, uh, clip through <laughs> each. <laughs> just, it would be hilarious if it was four Marios. Uh, anyway, they don't clip through each other. So like when you're jumping into a, a platform that is only the size of one character, you have to like time it where everyone gets a time to jump and everyone gets a spot. And if you don't, it just gets insane. And the, and the game gets like any, Mario game gets super complex by the end. And if you ever have a chance to play any of these games for player, I highly recommend it because they are a ton of fun.
0: Let's talk about super Mario browsers, <laughs> bro- ba-
1: furry browser, furry browser. Mm-hmm. Bowser jr's got dad problems. Mm-hmm. Well, before okay. I was saying, I got, I got to throw
0: to it. Um, so If what I really liked about Super Mario 3D World was the fact that it had this very traditional Mario structure, ironically, that is exactly what I like about Bowser's Fury. Uh, It throws that out entirely. In a lot of ways, Bowser's Fury has this structure that feels like the future of Mario games. I do think sooner or later, we are going to get this big open world Mario game that is not a small, like three hour experience like this one, it's going to be expanded out and people are going to call it uh, breath of the wild of Mario or something like that. That is kind of what this feels like. Are you, are you talking about odyssey is the question? Like how does this differ from odyssey, well, which was no, that, basically?
1: no, odyssey no had not at 10 all. different levels. You know, they were big stages, but if you're talking about like you could actually walk from like, you know the Bowser's castle all the way over to I don't know. There's no actual geography in this when these worlds, but somewhere way across a huge field or something, is there uh, like a, a a field of PD piranhas or whatever? I could see <laughs> yeah. it. That'd be that'd be cool. So th- this is small. This is small, but this is a
0: open world game with like a, a map to pull up and like objective markers to follow. And that's not something I think we've really seen in a Mario game before. I think there are a lot of nods to like how things are done in Super Mario Odyssey, and I think there's also a lot of nods to how things were built and structured in um, uh, the kind of stepchild of, of the genre of the uh, of the franchise uh, Super Mario Sunshine. In fact, I think the cat shines are, are a reference to that, but the um, the the structure of it. I'm not sure if this is a good sign or a bad sign. I think this could be a really good path forward for Mario, or it could not. What do you guys think about the structure of this game? Well, I think what's most interesting to me about this is, like, this came out after Super Mario Odyssey. And so it's sort of feels to me like the team trying to split the difference between uh, the openness, the sort of, like, You know, you you, you were saying like you felt like we didn't see a lot of Mario open worlds, but like, you know, I don't think you need everything to be totally interconnected for it to be an open world. I think this is, you know, you look at Odyssey and when it came out, a lot of people were talking about how it felt like it was in the lineage of Super Mario 64 and Super Mario Sunshine, uh, you know, a a, a design approach for Mario uh, levels that we hadn't seen in a long time. Um, And then, you know, they kind of reverted back to things like after Sunshine, they kind of reverted back to things like what we saw with, uh, you know, 3D worlds. Um, and then Odyssey felt like it was like returning to this, this uh design uh idea that was um you know c- kind of a throwback to the like Super Mario 64 uh style design. Um, I, I think it in in so many ways I like this better than uh than Super Mario Odyssey. Um it has that feel of like this could be like one of the zones or whatever of Super Mario Odyssey, but what uh this in a way this feels like it's splitting the difference between the sort of very level-based approach of um of something like 3D World and the more open approach of Odyssey, uh, where this has like it, it is this sort of wide open space, a bunch of little islands on a on an interconnected map. But um, each island has a bunch of its own little objectives and and feels like a level. Each of the little islands is sort of like a, a level out of uh, uh out of 3D worlds and has its own gimmick and has its own little uh little mm-hmm. you know name and objective. Yeah,
1: and that's a, that. I was, I was gonna say I feel like we've jumped past sort of explaining what the setup is and we've talked about like how it feels and I do think it's important sure. to talk about like kind of how this game plays and how it feels because yeah, I do think it's right in between. You're right. So like you have this big open world. You're never, unless you're going into a, a a tube or something, you're never really leaving this space. And uh, they're just like Odyssey. There are going to be tiny little random uh, cat shines that you earn. And you're, you're trying to collect a certain number, just like uh, Odyssey. You have a, you have a goal they're they're little cat faces in this game because everything's a cat. You know, in Odyssey they were moons. Um, but it's an objective. Sometimes it's gonna be like a single focus objective, some sort of Mario puzzle, some sort of like traversal challenge that you can see the moon is or the the cat shine is right there. You accomplish that traversal puzzle or whatever it is. Uh there's like even like little battle arenas which I love. Uh and you get that cat shine. But then there's other ones like Reagan was saying where it's like Full on Mario set pieces that are like big ass Mario style structures, you know, like big moving blocks that have lava under them that are rotating with PD piranhas all over them, and you enter into the island and you get a uh, a brand uh, a thing across your screen telling you the name of the island, and then you'll get like. What's the current objective of that island? And usually the first one is just make it to the top of whatever the structure is on this island. You get to the top, you get that cat shine. And then once you you have to leave the island and come back and something on the island will be changed, there'll be like a new little objective uh, that might be like, Now there's a big button that you butt bomb and it adds a new set of blocks that you have to race through in 15 seconds. Or now there's like a blue coin challenge that we've seen in a lot of the different games. Or now there's a new thing you have to fight or whatever. And every island has like three to five different little micro challenges as well as the other ones that are just mixed all in. So you get this sort of open world experience where like if you run into one that you don't that is challenging you can just hop on your best friend Plessy who I know we're I can't believe we've made it this far without talking about oh, but uh Plessy is a hundred percent better than Yoshi fight me
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I so
1: agree yeah and you know so you could go to another island and try another challenge or, or whatever and ultimately you just have like a hard line you know you have to get 10 cat shines and once you get 10 an, a, a more of the map opens up and then your next goal is like 20 or whatever and then more of the map revealing more of these islands because Bowser's got his stink all over this place and it's blocking off all these things and the more cat shines you get, the more it pushes away Bowser's stink. Uh, we have to talk about
0: Bowser's how Bowser
1: is well, in so game, there's, right? I, I wanted to I wanted to say something about that too because the game starts off where like Bowser's son is like, "Oh no, there's something wrong with Bowser. I we need I need your help. I need to get Mario to help me save Bowser." It's like, "Why would Mario ever help Bowser? This isn't like a Batman and Joker because sort of thing." He's
0: <laughs> a nice boy. <laughs> because
1: no. he's a nice boy, Nate. No. Mario's a Mario, good boy. Mario has no no, Mario has no reason to help Bowser. All he does is, is wreak havoc. Uh, but anyway, Bowser has has a real problem. He's gone
0: full kaiju mode. <laughs> yeah, he look, has. The, so the two big things about this game, the two big kind of like twists, right, um, are like, okay, let's take everything from 3D World that all sort of existed in these own little tiny little individual levels and do a gigantic mix-up, mash-up island chain where there's tons. You know, everything you saw in 3D World is mixed together plus cats, right? That's the, the sort of main overall thing is like put cat ears on literally everything. All the trees have cat ears. All the birds have cat ears. All the goombas have cat ears. Every, they I said, have to stop right there. People are going to love it. I have it. to stop right there. Every All of those things that you've said are fine, But the Goomba, the, the, uh, sorry, the Koopa Troopers, the Koopa Troopas with cat ears looked absolutely cursed. (laughs) (laughs) They did because they added a fuzz texture to their bodies And and they put the ears like in a really weird spot on their head and just, it just was uncanny to me. I said, no, thank you. Yeah. No, thank you to those. But overall, the, the cat ear edition A++. But the other big uh, twist that they were playing with here that's something we haven't seen, it wasn't just a remix of anything from previous Mario games, was that this game takes place in this sort of, like, chain of islands, and off on the horizon, you see a massive, incredibly huge Bowser shell just sort of sitting there, right? And occasionally, Bowser emerges from his shell. Bowser has turned into like full sicko mode, like uh, angry dragon, breathing fire, Giga Bowser. white hot eyes. Yes, Bowser has become Giga Bowser. And uh, he's incredibly huge. It's a, it's a very convincing effect. Like it really gives you a sense of the scale. Bowser is enormous and he's coming after you. And when he's in, like, sicko mode, Wait. he is breathing fire <laughs> at you. He is, like, raining. Sorry, G- Giga Bowser is a different Gigantic Bowser. G- Giga Bowser Wait, is... Giga Bowser is a different? Yeah, no, I had to Google it. G- Giga Bowser is in Smash Ultimate when he gets the Smash Ball. And then he becomes a Gigantic... <laughs> okay, Giga okay. Giga well, they
1: do use... You You do have to ring the Giga Because there's bell. the Giga Bells that yeah. Want. So when you want yeah. to fight
0: Gigantic Bowser, which... Is he not called... Giga Bowser in this? Maybe he's not. I'll let me look we'll up check. the wiki. The Mario yeah. wiki will tell us. Um, yeah, but yeah, definitely. W- the presumably named Giga Bowser is out here just messing shit up, but it's really interesting. Like he, He'll come and go Like so the place is like really nice looking and like sunny and beautiful island chain, and then suddenly there'll be rain and you think, oh no, something about to happen. There's thunder. If you look off on the horizon, the gigantic Bowser shell is beginning to hover and spin and then suddenly lightning crashes rain is pouring it's dark and uh bowser has emerged from his shell and is wreaking havoc and he's throwing fury bowser uh gigantic fury bowser there you go okay he's throwing these gigantic blocks he's breathing flames um there's kind of interesting stuff about the the bowser like fury mode bowser um There'll be a lot of things around the various islands. First of all, one thing that's kind of odd about it is that it will interrupt you in the middle of doing something, yeah, you know, and yeah, um, yeah. you just sort of have to deal with that. So like, you'll be trying to complete some little platforming challenge and it'll begin raining. And you're like, I was five minutes from the end of, you know, what I really thought was going to be a successful run at climbing this complicated tower. Uh, but I guess I'm just screwed because Bowser's going to show up and breathe fire at me, and I have to run away, or I have to, um, you know, just spend a, a while dodging flames. Uh, and if you are in the middle of something complicated, you're you're probably just going to have to start it over, which can be a little mm. frustrating. I I think this is going to be the most the most controversial element of this game, I, and I would like to know what everybody thinks about it because the 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 fact that this. Fury Bowser mode can come up at any time. I, I think it's also worth mentioning here. You can end it at any time by collecting one of the cat shines. So uh, if you get the cat shine, the, the, he like squints at you and shrinks off and, and, and goes back underwater. Yeah. Um, I really like the idea of having this like Kaiju sized bowser in the level as a thing that you can actually go up to and you can you can like hop on plessy and go right up to his feet uh if you want to you know get stomped on um and i also really like the way that it changes the levels because he actually throws out a bunch of these weird uh blocks that like go out into the level and um will be most usefully things that you can hide behind when he uses his breath attack on you. Um, I typically did not find it to be something that was like, I I, certainly a few times it wrecked something I was trying to do, but usually I felt like it was just taking um, a lot of the basic traversal that this adds to the Mario formula and occasionally spicing it up by changing the level and making you like hide behind things and do different things. Um, And it just looks really cool. And is a great way to keep the villain in a game like this, uh, omnipresent and like the objective, like something that is clear. And it's not like you're just chasing Bowser back to his castle where he lives and kicking his butt. He is, he's there. He's in your face. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's hovering on the horizon, even when you're doing these, like, nice, pleasant things, if you look off against the horizon, there's this enormous menacing presence there the entire time. is just, like, really cool. I just I, – I thought it's visually, like, incredible.
1: I liked it for all the same reasons that you said. And there's also – there are some uh, blocks that already exist in the world, and they can only be broken if you basically, like – Direct Bowser's fury at them, so they're like little blocks that have Bowser's face on it, and he breathes fire in a huge line that will sweep across the the map. And if you stand in front of these blocks, it'll go it knock it out, and it'll reveal some sort of prize, usually a cat shine, if not something else. And that's cool. Like i i, I liked, I liked it at the beginning. I think all the things you guys said about thematic and and how it looks cool totally on board for that. I will say by the end of, by like the end of my playing this game though, this is like my least favorite part of this yeah. game. Um, I I found myself, if it had been several minutes, you know, if I'd been playing for a while and I unlocked a cat shine, I would like stand at it for like an extra 30 seconds to see if Bowser was going to pop out just so I could end it. Like the moment it started by grabbing, <laughs> by, yeah. by grabbing the cat shine and, and like, I don't know. I think maybe it needs to just happen less often or, or there need to be something because it eventually just becomes kind of, it's not very fun anymore. It's just like, ah man, like I really like this world and I, and I, I love exploring this world. And now I just have to like hide for like, I don't know like a minute maybe if it was shorter or something I don't know like the idea is great but it's just it got it got very annoying by the end and it's my least favorite part of this game and it doesn't ruin the game for me I still really love this game uh it's Mario of course I love it but like I've never felt this level of like ah oh, come on you know in like in a Mario game before So
0: here's here's my counterpoint to that and I think it might might uh not be the same for all people in all situations because it's very particular to me um i looked forward to it every time uh because my daughter was really really into when bowser showed up
1: yeah okay well yeah i mean that's (laughs) play this with
0: reagan's daughter uh, yeah that's what to do tip for our listeners uh, so I, I kind of went into this game like I, I knew that this was a cr- critique people had of it right the a lot of a lot of the re- early reviews and everything that I read um a lot of people had this same complaint that like the Bowser you know fury mode where he like storms across the level you know it has the benefit that you get to unlock things that are kind of hidden behind these fury blocks and whatever. Um, But that it can be very, very frustrating if you're in the middle of something and get interrupted. But I kind of went in with that knowledge, you know, in advance that this was something that could be frustrating. And I kind of just took to heart that like, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about it. You know, if I get interrupted, the fury mode doesn't last that long and then I'll go back and try it again. And while the fury's on, i'm just like you know what okay now is the time for me to run around looking for fury blocks whatever i was doing forget it i'm gonna run around looking for fury blocks while he's rampaging um and i didn't mind that and it like i mentioned it really helps that like i played basically this entire game with my daughter sitting in my lap holding a a playstation controller because she wanted one of her own but wasn't uh like there's there's a a sort of two-player mode but it's not it's not you know something she it it, let, let me tell you i tried giving her a a player two controller and it was a nightmare. So it was much easier for me to give her a fake controller. My daughter is, is almost three. Um, and so she loved when Bowser would show up and she also loved Plessy. Those are her two favorite things about this game. So, you know, she was constantly saying like, where's Bowser, where's Bowser. And then when she would show up, he's so big, he's so big. And then, uh, you know, Where's Plessy? I want to see Plessy. I want to see her. And then we'd go look. Oh, there's Plessy. I see Plessy. You know, that's basically her experience of this game. But like for me, like I, I enjoyed when he would show up because it was like, yes, it meant that I had to interrupt whatever I was doing, but I don't know. It, it never it never felt like that big of a deal to me and it was a change of pace. It's like it meant that, yeah. like, oh, you know, maybe I've been throwing myself at this little difficult platforming problem for a while. Well, now I need to run around with my hair on fire and see if I can find any uh fury blocks while I'm at it. And yeah.
1: It you know, is, is a break I think, up for me. I think that's super fair. I mean, it's Mario. Like it's if you're if you're taking it so serious that it's like, you know, you're mad when Bowser shows mm-hmm. up like you know relax it's mario you know just play mm-hmm. the game as it's intended so i agree with you i i think that's a fair point um and like you know it's not like this you know i i would still definitely recommend this game just like of on a on on a whole like the only thing about this game that was even remotely like not awesome was that to me but it's not like game breaking or ruining or anything
0: on on the the vein of like playing this with my daughter um i don't want to like make this the reagan talks about his kids show but like specifically like i think this game where i'd start started by trying to get her to like sit with me and play super mario 3d world um which i tried you know starting months ago and she enjoyed it uh, but she didn't get nearly as into it as she did with this game um the big set pieces you know, Bowser wrecking through that sort of dramatic stuff really clicked with her. And also the, I think the ability to like look out across the horizon and see interesting things off in the distance, where's Plessy there, she is, or, you know, that kind of thing. Like that really connected with, with my kid. She was really much more interested in that than she was in the sort of linear levels, like, um, you know, going left to right and, and, and so on. Um, so like for me, I, I, Uh, You know, hard to separate the two parts of my experience, but like for me, I enjoyed this game significantly more than Super Mario 3D worlds, despite how short it was, because it was something that like I I sort of shared that same kind of perspective with my kid was like, I, I liked the big world. I like be able to look off in the distance and see something interesting and go check it out. And I don't know, uh, the, the gigantic scary monster that shows up every now and then was a big part of that too. Yeah, this is basically the scariest Bowser has ever been. Uh, For sure.
1: It's He looks yeah. awesome. Well, it's <laughs> like does. the dragon in Odyssey that is insane. Also, the music. Whenever he shows up, the soundtrack switches to this, like, driving rock and roll that's so good. Oh, yeah. Well, we've been talking about the metal, you know, video game music is getting more and more metal. So uh, there you go. Uh, I have a few things I want to still say about this game. I know we're kind of
0: probably wrapping up on it. Um, But one of the things that I really like um, in this game that is kind of a subtle difference is that they're stealing a lot of these things that Mario can interact with out of 3D World. Um, And some of them are things like the uh, block that turns you into a helicopter (laughs) Or the boot. Great one. Right? Yep. These things are basically power-ups, and they kind of function as power-ups, but in this, and this is actually even different from how they worked in 3D World, I'm pretty sure, Um, they they make these things really cool because they're basically like a little machine for Mario to use, like a a different way of controlling him, a different set of abilities, Uh, but... In this, they layer that over top of the power-ups that you get. So, like, you can be Cat Mario and in the helicopter suit. And then you can, like, climb and then use the helicopter when jumping off a wall. Stuff like that. And there's a lot of little tweaks like that um, that I thought were really neat and made traversing the really big spaces interesting. I just really liked the way... um, you had a lot of freedom to like choose how to get up and over different things. But structurally there is something that I think is a big issue with this game. Um, and it is really in stark contrast to the much more traditionally structured Mario game that this is based on. So, um, in this, there's this kind of problem that's kind of common to open world games. I think, uh, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but it's the checklist problem where you know you need 40 cat shines, right? And you've got your map and you can look at all the locations where you know you can go back and get cat shines, but you've done all of the ones that are interesting, right? Um, the, The things that are low on that list, at least for me, it might be different for everybody, where the collect all the cat shrine pieces... To get the cat shine or break the, uh, break the Bowser fury blocks, right? Those are both things that are kind of annoying for different reasons. One, because it's a item collection hunt thing. And two, because you have to be really situational about it and get Bowser to show up and all of that. Um, and you will get to a point in games like this with the same kind of structure Where most of the objectives that you can easily get to, or you see around, are these things that you know exist, but you've deprioritized because you think they're annoying. And that's not something that tends to happen in a more linear Mario game. It's those games are really great about guiding you from uh, one set of, like by the time you have learned how to use XYZ thing, you've completed that level and moved on to the next one. And then the, the last structural thing that I really think is an issue here is kind of the inverse of that where if there's something that's really fun, often uh, it's very normal in a Mario game for them to give you the same boss, right? At like And take a twist on it, like three or four different times, right? That's the, that's a lot of the structure of, of Mario is you play through and you're going to see the big trash can boss and then you're going to see him again in a smaller arena and then you're going to see him again, but he breathes fire or whatever, right? And... Uh, you know, a typical Mario boss, you see a a fair number of those jump on their head three times to win, uh, in this game, in those games, it that's fun variety because you're going to see it and then it'll be a while. And then you'll see it again. But in, in this game, you're basically, uh, enabled to like beat that boss and then leave and then come back immediately into the same place and then beat him again and then do the same thing, like until he runs out of variations, right and you see that in like two or three different places basically everywhere in this game that there's a mini boss right that's the kind of that's the kind of thing you can do and mm-hmm. that isn't as cool you know because you're basically doing the the exact same thing the variations matter less uh you're you, you end up with three cat shines hooray, but then you never see that critter boss again right so yeah. so i, I think I, I i know what you're talking about and like the It depends on how you approach things like i i that is definitely true that like you know there'll be an island that has like the for example the the island that has like a little um uh coliseum looking building and inside you fight one of the bowser's kid enemies um and you can go in there and fight one of them and then you leave and then if you want you can go immediately back into that same building and fight another variation of that same little mini boss fight right and you can do a third variation if you want. And if you do want to, you can do all three of those immediately. But like when I played the game, I went in there, I fought one of the mini boss guys, and then I moved on someplace else. And I came back to that spot like three hours later and fought the next one. Um, So it depends on how you're approaching it. Um, You know, I think pacing this game, I think does want you to sort of like roam around and explore the map and then come back for a second pass on some of these islands because every island does have two, three, four different challenges and the challenges because they're on the same map are by necessity pretty similar. Um, but you don't have to do them right away before you, you don't move have on to, the to next but island. you don't have a reason not to. And yeah. like Plessy is great, but Plessy is Plessy is a is a good car to get from one island to another, but it's always easier to just get all of the cat shines that are nearby before you leave. Um, yeah, and that's mm-hmm. what leads to that other problem of having the like slightly less convenient items be the only things left on your map
1: at the end. Yeah, I uh, I didn't really experience that problem because I, I kind of enjoyed almost all of the the tasks, you know. Um, but uh, I did do what you're talking about, Shane. Where I'd be like, you know, sort of like min max an island, you know, I'd complete the objective swim out into the water 10 feet and then swim back in. So it would reset with the new objective and then do that one and then swim out and swim back in and then do that one, which felt a little weird. It didn't feel like. You Mostly know, you don't even have to and, go swimming. You know, you, you, you fall
0: out of, of the weird building. And the minute you go back in, like the the minute you hit that beach, it is going to show you a list of all the cat shines that are still
1: available on that Island. And then they'll
0: tell you like, Hey,
1: you could fight this boss again. I'm like, okay, don't mind if I do. Yeah. Well, in the other one, so like you have to leave and come back for like the button to appear that you right. ground pound so that the magic blocks appear or, or the, the, the little blue button appears for the, for the um, uh, blue coin challenge or whatever, you know? Uh, and I would do that. Um, I did think that finding the cat shards, was probably my least favorite one that said yeah, i i don't I, love that either I, I i that said though like that is generally one of my more favorite parts of a mario game is the like exploration element the micro ex- exploration like you know we've seen that as red coins or purple coins and other mario games and i do tend to if i'm playing through a mario game try to get all of those um In this, it was it felt like a lot. Like having five of them felt like a lot. Uh, So it was not as fun as like the three that you might see in another Mm -hmm. game. Um, But you know, I I kind of enjoy that. Like normally, those cat shards, (laughs) cat shards, um, are going to be in like a more challenging platforming thing. You know, and and I always Mm -hmm. look for the more challenging platform.
0: While we're talking about structural differences between this and other Mario games, and especially uh, 3D World, um, this game is super liberal about handing out tons and tons of power-ups, and unlike pretty much any other Mario game I can remember, um, you can store a ton of power-ups and summon any of them at any time. So you have a little bar at the bottom of the screen where you can save up, up to five of all of the power-ups in this game, mushrooms, the cat Mario bells, the special lucky bells that are the basically the cat Mario bell, but round and slightly different. Um, I had to look up what those do differently. Um, the fire flower, the boomerang, uh, uh, the... I don't think you can save up the invincibility things, but pretty much everything else you can, uh, you can save and then just hit a button and pop them out whenever you feel like you need them. Um, and I love this um like, yeah i know that you know older mario games like a big part of those games is like um finding a, a a power up in one level or one area of a level and then bringing it somewhere unexpected and there's a lot of fun in that but in something like an open world type game like this where it's all one big connected space it would be incredibly frustrating to have to like go Get on, you know, realize that there's something that I could, I could get through if I could, if I just had the cat suit, right? But I don't have any, I don't have the cat suit. Well, I'd have to, though, get on Plessy, go to a different island, look around for a cat suit, hope to get back without losing it. That would be infuriating. But this, it's like, oh, I see something up there. And if I just had the cat suit on, I could uh, climb up there and get it. And then boom, you've got it. And you can swap between the power-ups without even losing the power-up you have on. If you, yeah. like, if you have the Fire Flower on and you hit the button to switch to Cat Mario, it just banks that Fire Flower and you can pull it back later. So you only lose it if you get hit the same way you normally do. Yeah, um, I love this. And I hope they keep this in future Mario games, especially if they keep with this format.
1: Well, this whole game, there are no stakes in this game. There's no lives. And you have like... Mm-hmm you basically can bank another thing i an, think keep you know an extreme amount of power ups where so you're never like stressed about resources in this game and and that's not actually how typically mario games feel right normally in mario games it is a little bit of a resource stress right yeah. whether you're how many lives do you have one more hit etc in this like if you die it's you know it can be annoying if it's at the top of a uh a difficult platforming situation that there is uh there are some very challenging platforming runs that you have to do on this game or you have the option to do and you know dying right at the end of that because you fell in lava or whatever can be frustrating but there's no lives so you just start right back at the beginning and then you have essentially unlimited power-ups so if you Mm -hmm. need if you needed it you have them right there and i like you you reagan i thought that was great like let the let the platforming and like the world be the challenge of the game we don't need this extra layer of like well if you fail four times you're gonna have to restart and do a bunch of these levels again or something like that right like you know, just let what you've completed be done, and then let the challenge of the challenge be the thing, and not like live management or whatever. Uh, I thought it was great, and I I agree. I think they could take this model to to more Mario games, and it would allow them to increase the challenge a little bit of these games too. If you don't have to worry about lives, which would be cool. Yeah,
0: yeah, and you know, it, it did it did let the game like focus on the the challenges that actually matter. The yeah, like, yeah, you know, platforming stuff is. Is like really solid. And it, it also, this felt like a really welcoming game, um, for, uh, you know, th- th- those 3d Mario's even, even things like Odyssey, um, they can be pretty tough and especially for new players and this yeah. pretty, pretty chill in a way that I think will be much more welcoming to people who maybe have, haven't played those before or yeah. are maybe just coming from the you know the new Super Mario Bros or 3D worlds style of games.
1: Yeah, I was thinking I was thinking about the power up banking and like they've done it in other games. I mean all the way back to Mario 3, right? You have that yeah, like We
0: had it, but like you could bank yeah. one, I think.
1: No, no, you had a whole you had two you had two like rows of it. Remember you could the whole the bottom segment of the screen would flip over and you could you 'd keep your whistle oh, you'd keep your okay. whistles and your you know and but most for the most part at least, I think like you know most of us you end up just like banking those things and almost never using them because it's a i think you could probably uh I don't know, it was like five or six maybe per slot so it was like maybe ten to fifteen you could bank, but um that always felt way more valuable and rare than in this game where like they're constant and you're banking them. So like, and, if you're you not which one, like it, it's not yeah. that just like
0: first in last out. It's like, yeah, you, which I think it was with the three with Mario three. I don't yeah. think you could like go in and pick specifically which one you wanted to take unless I think I, I think, think, you, I, just didn't know
1: I, think you, I think you could because you could, that's really? how you okay. like I should go play how, that again. Cause yeah, I, that's I how, how you, that's how you'd pick the whistle or the, the P ah, the, the, okay. the, the, the P cloud and stuff like that. Um, P cloud, uh, I don't yeah. know if that um, but uh and and then, like in the newer Mario's the side scrollers I think you could normally you'd have one on your person, one that you are you were actively powered up by, and then there was you'd have like a second, um but if you got hit, you could trigger it to fall, but you might even miss it, you had to like go and catch it on this game when you trigger a power up like getting one Bowser jr who's just floating around you the whole time, he chucks it right at you. So you're not going oh, yeah. you're not, you're not to miss it. Uh, so one last thing before we exit out of this, because I think we all love Mario. Our listeners all know what Mario is. This Mario game is great. Um, but I had an observation while I was playing uh, that whichever designer f- decided that for 3D world or for 3D Mario games, they were going to introduce stacks of coins (laughs) they they deserve like a nobel prize or something it's like the most satisfying thing that i think has ever existed in video games is finding these stacks of mario coins it feels so good and like there's a couple treasure rooms in this game that you can get to that just have stacks really and do stacks of coins I and it's it. it's so good it's so good uh and this game has it and i love it it's been in the 3d games for a little while now and it's just that's that's what i want and it was great so yeah i also want gold coins yeah right scrooge mcduck over here I have one more.
0: I have one more thing I want to I want to call out about this game, uh, which I we haven't really talked about, is just the actual mechanics of the boss fight with Fury Bowser, which I thought were great. Uh, like when yeah. you when oh, you want to fight good. Fury Bowser, um, most of the most of the structure of the game is about unlocking these Fury Bells that are uh, or Giga Bells, Giga Bells that are like on certain islands that are kind of little hub areas. Uh, there's like three or four of them. I forget. And when you get that, Mario goes uh, super Saiyan and turns into an epic giant. Uh, he looks like a glowing golden lion and it's badass. It's cool every time. Um, mm-hmm. And when he gets hit in that mode, he he doesn't shrink. Uh, he just loses the cat power and then turns into like really large Mario and then, uh, hilariously, at least to me, uh, hit again. He turns into little Mario, but huge, which is uh, terrific. <laughs> Big, small Mario. I still, by the way. Have never found an explanation for small Mario that has satisfied my four year old. He is confused. He is like, Is that a, is that, Mar- did he turn back into a baby? What's going on here? Um, <laughs> but, uh, cause he's seen baby Mario in Yoshi's Island. He liked Yoshi's Island. Anyway, uh, Giga, Giga Bell, very cool. And, um, the, the mechanics of that fight. Are, they're not, like, insanely crazy, but um, it's f- it's very fun to be battling in this l- really large space that is made up of all of the little islands, and you're basically stepping on them. And then the, the, the Giga Bell Cat Lion Mario thing, um, re- it, the, the fight really makes use of the, like, pouncy slash attack that he can do, because the big Bowser, one of the main things he'll he'll do is roll on his side towards you and he has like a weak spot on his stomach. So you can like, you can kind of cheese that fight by like perfectly timing a slash into his belly while he's rolling past you. Um, and I just really liked that aspect of it. I think he's a really cool designed boss. Super fun. And it's, I mean, it's very dramatic too. You just, you know, I, I, I loved the, you know, you spent a lot of the early game just like running away from and avoiding, um, Giga Bowser, and then when you start being, you know, unlocking the uh, the Giga Bells and being able to get big and and uh, and take him on, uh, it's really fun. I it's just really really fun.
1: Yeah, it it's kind of a Katam- Katamari feeling where you're like really small in a world, and then you're very large in a world. It's nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Because then suddenly you're like stomping across these islands that, you know, were were like whole Mario levels before and now they're just like the size of your shoe. It's awesome. I love that. That playing with scale. It it, it is the one one complaint I have about that is that like the loading time when you pick up that gigabell and get big is like real long. Cause I guess it has to like load in the like everything's little version of the level. And it's like, man. Yeah. This is a yeah. really dramatic moment because I just got the got the upgrade and I want to immediately jump into that fight and then the switch is like, hang on. It's gonna Go take a SD minute. Card. Don't, don't yeah. worry, you're gonna get a really, really long cutscene uh of Mario getting bigger,
1: and it's gonna be cool every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then if you die a couple times during this fight, don't worry, it's still gonna be cool every time. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's not <laughs>
0: So I went, we mentioned at the top that this is part of the double pack of the uh, the upgraded or remastered version of Super Mario 3D Worlds. Unfortunately, this game is only available as part of that double pack. So Bowser's Fury really does stand alone. If you were thinking like, I would like a mainline Mario game that is like under eight hours, probably more like three to six, wow. uh, that... You know, has a bunch of the really inventive ideas of the of the prior Mario games, uh, but like condensed into this really great little tiny package uh, that won't take you forever to play. This is that. Unfortunately, it's also not something you can just download on your Switch independent of the larger package. Uh, Super Mario 3D World is still really great, worthwhile to pick up, um, and I'd say it's probably worth the $60 or you can occasionally get this for slightly less, but like, you know, Nintendo is like, can they, can they survive selling a game for less than, you know, $55? You know, they'll never know. No, they they will never know.
1: They cannot. Um,
0: But like, I picked this game up pretty much just to play Bowser's Fury. I've gotten some good enjoyment out of replaying portions of 3D World as well, but I, I feel like it's worth it even just for Bowser's Fury. And, you know, if if you only want to play Bowser's Fury, uh, pick up the cartridge and then uh, sell it because that's something you can absolutely do. You can play through this uh, this like little polished experience, and then you've got a Mario game. Uh, Mario games on Switch, you know, you buy it for sixty bucks, you can resell it on eBay for fifty five. That's just the way of the world, apparently. So go for it. I still recommend this to everybody. Uh, yeah, has a Switch, and if Easy. you like Mario.
1: Go get it. It's fun. It's Mario. Yeah. And it's short. It is. It's
0: the short game Mario game. Like incredible. Uh with this yeah. I I I by the way, I double checked because I when I spoke at the beginning of the episode, I wasn't sure when exactly this had come out. This came out in like uh the first quarter of twenty twenty one. Um so honestly, Bowser's Fury probably on my game of the year list. Like this is one of the best short games of the year, and it's I It's up there. I wasn't up there. really thinking about it as a short game until recently so yeah.
1: wow yeah it's hard um, it's hard to like you know when we when it comes to it you know we're all gonna pick our favorite indie games and whatnot but it's hard it's hard to ignore it's Nintendo
0: or when Nintendo makes a makes a short game yeah uh, in their in their most important franchise That's good wild by the way, um the Chris Pratt thing do we have any thoughts?
1: <laughs> Uh, Can we not? I don't know. I mean, uh, no, let's just move on. <laughs> okay, moving I, on. I choose to be an optimist, but, uh, All right. we'll, yeah.
0: I, I am looking forward to seeing what they come up with. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we have a little bit of time left and I thought now would be a good time for it. We haven't done a, what's making us happy, uh, this week in a while. Um, so, uh,
1: let's try to keep it short, but, uh, Nate, what's making you happy this week? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I don't think I've talked about it on the show yet. I got a PS five and, oh, yeah. uh, it's, it's cool. It's slick. I like it. um, I, How did you
0: fit it into your entertainment system or center? Because this is the biggest problem I see with the
1: PS. It, it is large. It's very large. I was actually was surprised. Uh, but if it fit. I have. You Are know, you doing like,
0: vertical or horizontal?
1: Now horizontal. I, yeah, I, I can't imagine what sort of tower someone must be able to have to fit that thing uh, vertically into their entertainment center. Because uh, you know, ours all has to be like behind like locked things for children purposes, you know? So it's, uh, it's horizontal uh, and similar to Bowser's Fury. Actually, in a lot of ways, I've been playing Spider-Man, Miles Morales, which was an, a, which was a new game, but built off of, the Spider-Man PS4. Uh, if you didn't play Spider-Man PS4, it's one of my favorite games of the PS4 entire generation. I, I love that game. Uh, and it introduces miles Morales. And then they brought out this game. I think everyone's pretty aware of it, so I won't go too far on that, but I love it. It's great. Uh, I, I realized a, a little while ago that I think swinging is like my favorite video game mechanic. And, mm-hmm. uh, and i mean spider-man you can't you, I mean, that's what he that's what he do and uh it, it's only gotten it's it's so much sleeker and slicker on the with miles morales and the ps5 it's fun i i've been really enjoying it. it looks great and feels great i'm i'm you know excited to get some future actual games made for and on the ps5 um but either way it's been it's been cool. So uh, that's, that's what's been making me happy is slinging around New York and uh, beating up thugs on the street.
0: That's awesome. I, I have a fairly quick one uh, that's also a game-related what's making me happy this week. And I'm just going to bring this up here because I don't know where else I'll be able to talk about this on a podcast. Um, but I have been playing World Flipper, uh, which is, if you haven't sp- seen anything about it, uh, World Flipper is a... Uh, gotcha game, which I don't need to go into a whole lot of detail about that. Uh, but basically, this is a uh, you know free to play mobile game from Psy uh, Games, the developers of such uh, m- you know free to play mobile game Cash Cows as uh, Grand Blue Fantasy and uh, Dragalia Lost, and a bunch of other things like that. Um, so their hallmark are these uh, games that are Fairly exploitative in the monetization scheme. I'm not going to get into that in this conversation. I, you know, I, I haven't spent any money in this game, but I, uh, you know, I know that it's potentially problematic for some people, um, and I don't love this style of game. This is my first one of these. I've tried a couple others out of curiosity about the the sort of. Genre. Uh, I tried Grand Blue Fantasy. In fact, I think I talked about it on the show maybe a year or two ago. Um, and uh, I had a, a bunch of conversations with a friend of the show, Jeremiah, about that game, which I think he was much more into it than I was. And I tried a little bit of uh, of Dragalia Lost, which was like a co production with uh, with Nintendo. Um, that was a mobile game. That's I, you know, same thing. I didn't really get into it. But this does the one thing that will always get me to try a game sincerely. And that is that it is a fusion of an existing genre with pinball mechanics. So this is a, uh, free to play mobile RPG, uh, with, uh, gotcha style character, uh, acquisition, you know, system like you get little beads and you pull, on a slot machine to get different characters that you can add to your party. Um, and uh, then the gameplay, the battles, this is the thing that really uh, got me bored with grand blue fantasy. The story was interesting uh, or at least interesting enough, but the, uh, the battles were really boring here. The battles are all pinball. So you have a party that is three characters plus some, uh, some extra characters you can add on. that just sort of buff the main characters. Um, and uh, you, you know, the, each battle is like a little pinball table, Uh, all of the art is this very cute, I would say kind of GBA era looking pixel art. Um, like really sharp, nice pixel art. I was saying earlier that like, this is what you get. If you have like a massive millions of dollar budget to do pixel art is you get real good damn pixel art. Plus, you know, incredibly artfully drawn anime portraits for all of the characters, right? Sort of, uh, there's like storytelling portions that are sort of visual novel style. Um, alternating with these pinball battles. And the pinball's really fun, man. I mean, it's not like the most skill shot oriented thing ever. It's it's really button mashy, like to the point where you can't even individually control left and right flippers. You just
1: hit a button to flip both flippers at once. There's no like. Left it's all right, right, right. for mo- it's good for mobile though. So can you can play with can you play, it is, with, it can you it's play totally with one? It is a totally
0: one handed game. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's an excellent one handed game, and um and like you know each character that you acquire has a different sort of special move attack, and so you know you're like doing your pinball flippers is to like attack things with your pinballs and then Uh, eventually meters fill up and you can pull those special attacks and you're leveling up your characters. Um, It's a massive treadmill of like interlocking systems for acquiring various different free and premium currencies in order to, you know, spend beads to pull to get characters and then upgrade them with a different currency and whatnot. And, you know, if this is the kind of thing that is a nightmare for you, um, you know, whatever. But I started playing it when it first came out and at least at the beginning, they are they are just dumping currencies on everyone um, because they want you to stick around. I have been playing this game for like two and a half weeks now. I've been playing it every single day, sometimes for hours, which I'm not proud to say, but it's really, really compelling. The uh, the the like story of the game is like fine. It's like a decent little like light anime story, but the characters are really, really well done. And at least in you know, terms of being
1: like, cute. Reagan, I, I, I can't tell if this is a recommendation or a confession.
0: Uh, it's both. <laughs> it's also a warning. It's like, it's all of Listeners. those things. <laughs> we bring you hot recommendations for, uh, a, a an exploitative game, that is fine, but has pinball. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> and will take up all your time. Yeah, like, honestly, though, like, this is a really, like, I've n- I've never felt compelled to stick with one of these free-to-play games, really a free-to-play game of almost any kind. Um, this one has grabbed me like nothing I've ever seen. And I still haven't spent any money in this thing's store, and I'm not even sure that I ever will. Um, in fact, one of the things that's... S- kept, has kept me from spending money on it is like the way that it's set up is like, it's really set up to, to like cater for the like money economy to the like big spendy whales, because like, it's constantly giving you stuff. Like I haven't really felt stuck at any point i finished all of the available story content um so now i'm just sort of like grinding to improve my characters and yeah if i wanted to spend money to to like improve them a lot i could do that but the way that the price structure works i could either spend like five dollars or whatever and get essentially nothing meaningful whatsoever so like why bother i'm just you know Or I could spend eighty plus dollars all at once and then do something meaningful. And it's like I'm not doing that. Like, (laughs) of course I'm not spending eighty dollars on this on this free to play mobile game. The way that it's set up, like it, I haven't felt tempted by its like um you know real money casino element because it's really set up for people who want to drop eighty dollars at once. Um, but I don't know. All that all that is to say. If you've ever thought maybe I could get into one of these, and you want one that is like ultra polished and has replaced the traditional boring combat with something really engaging, um, the pinball I would recommend checking it out. It's free, download it, and you know, uh, be cautious if this is something that that you know you feel like you might be the sort of person who would have a bad experience with gotcha free-to-play uh games but you know if if that's not you uh this is probably the best one of those out there i think it's really really cool cool awesome (laughs) sorry for uh, for all of that (laughs) go ahead shane what's making you uh, happy this week i also have a game uh that is making me happy this week and it is a 21 year old board game this is a uh, is my favorite board game. I know we've done some kind of board game content on this show, but I don't think I've ever really talked about Hive. Have have I? I don't think I have. No, I don't anyway, think so. I've had a lot of chances to play this recently. Hive is an abstract strategy game. It's a tabletop game for two players, um, and it was published way back in the year 2000. And uh, so the objective of Hive is to put, bugs on the table. There are these little bug tiles. um, and the play is super, super, the, the objective is to, uh, capture and kill your opponent's queen. So it's, I frequently just call it bug chess. Um, for me, chess is kind of, uh, you know, I like chess, but to get good at chess requires a lot of, um, well, first off, a lot of practice, but also, really to be good at chess requires some kind of study of chess books and, uh, you know, memorization of, you know, particular opening strategies and things like that. And you don't need anything like that for Hive. Um, Hive is a, the thing that's so wonderful about this game is listeners. I'm just going to, first, I'm just going to unzip this. I have my copy of Hive here. It comes in a small little packet and I'm going to churn these tiles for you near my microphone for some ASMR
1: mo- moments here. Here you go. And I'm gonna uh, I'm so, gonna whisper into the microphone while he's doing this.
0: <laughs> thank you very much. So the the tiles in Hive are made out of black or a kind of an almond white uh, Bakelite compound, and they are very very satisfying to play with. And one of the most wonderful things about this game is you can play it literally anywhere. You could play it on a beach uh, because it's a. there's no board. You're just putting the tiles down. Um, in the game, there are uh, like five different kinds of bug. There's the queen bee, there's spiders, beetles, grasshoppers, and soldier ants. And each player has uh, an equal number of each of these. And on your turn, you just put down one from your supply. You have all of the bugs. You're not like drawing them. You just put one bug down or move a bug, just place or move. And I won't get into the, all the rules and details, but, um, each different kind of bug has really well-defined movement rules. And the game ends when one of the players has their queen completely surrounded by, by other bugs, uh, from, from either team. Um, you know, if, if your if your queen is surrounded, you lose the game. Uh, it is super quick playing. It is super strategic. Um, it is an older game, so there's a lot of copies out there. You can you can get a hand. Uh, uh, there's been lots of additions too. There's like a pocket version. There's uh, versions where the pieces have like colorful, uh, but basic bug illustrations on them. And there's a version called Hive Carbon, where everything is black and white, and it looks a little bit more chess-like. So you have some aesthetic choices you can make there, too. The the game is just simply excellent. It really holds up to repeat play. And if you are, like I think a lot of us are right now, maybe uh, socializing in small groups, and would like to have a game where you can just sort of pull it out and play it anywhere outdoors if you want. Um, and, and just have a quick playing two player fun game. Super, super good game. I, I can't recommend it enough. I can also vouch for this game. Shane, uh, usually seems to just have this game with him. <laughs> Whenever I see Shane, uh, there's about a 50, 50 chance that this game is just gonna appear, and uh it's a good one uh i you know it's a really really good game to play with like you know a a couple beers at a beer garden or something like that it's really perfect
1: yeah i just i've been looking into it this looks great i've I've never heard of this and i'm always looking for a good game like this so it's, it's a great recommendation
0: oh uh there are there are expansions for hive the one to get is the ladybug
1: good to know uh
0: thank you uh, Shane and thank you listeners for joining us on this episode of The Short Game uh, you can find our show on the internet at www.theshortgame.net which is where you'll find all of our stuff, our searchable show notes page which is a great way if you are curious if we've covered a game in the past just do a quick search there and you will find out uh, and uh, you can also find our contact form uh, or you can reach out to us on Twitter at underscore short game also from our website you will find a link to our Patreon, that's right, uh, our show is 100% supported by our patrons on Patreon uh, and thank you to some of our recent new patrons. Very much appreciate you. Uh, if you are a patron of this show, uh, you get some lovely benefits. First of all, you get immediate access to our Discord, which is where we talk about the show. We plan episodes. We're just coming up into IF comp season here pretty soon. Uh, believe it or not, that's rolling around again. And uh, we're uh, we're preparing for that. There's going to be a lot of chatter on our Discord about that. We're also uh, getting into the season where we have to start considering our games of the year. And that's also a big topic of conversation conversation on the discord. So join us there and share your thoughts. And we'd love to have you. Um, you, Even if you're just at a dollar a month, you get access to our discord. You also get access to a special Patreon feed where you get episodes a bit early, uh, which is to say, as soon as I finish editing them. Uh, So if that's something that matters to you, uh, you can get access to episodes a few days in advance of all of the regular plebes. And if you come in at the $5 level, well, then dear listener, you get sent some stickers. And yeah. uh, very fine stickers indeed. Uh, so we love to have you. Um, thank you for for all of our to all of our existing patrons. Thanks so much for the supporting for, for supporting the show. Uh, and you can also find me on Twitter if you want to hit me up at ReaganK. K. That's R A Y G A N K. And Shane, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter
1: at Eight Bit Shane. And Nate, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Nate STL. And also. With my last remaining <laughs> breath with the throat that I have left. Before we fully
0: ruin your voice. Sorry, Nate.
1: Before I need emergency medical attention. I wanna oh, use God. my I wanna use the remains of my vocal cords to thank Dan one one five for his very nice <laughs> thank, for his very, you Dan thank you, Dan. I always knew my last words would be thank you, Dan115, for leaving us a five-star, very nice review on iTunes, said great shows, among among, among, among many other nice things that Dan115 said. Well, Dan115, <laughs> you're great. Thank you. Thank you thank you to uh,
0: all. And uh, of course, I didn't mention that if you want to support the show and uh, you don't uh, want to support us on Patreon, the next best thing is tell a friend and leave a review. We really appreciate that, too. So thanks to Dan115 and to anybody else out there who has done that. And uh, yeah. thanks to all of our listeners for joining us on this episode of The Short Game.